This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy, but Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment and our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. Hey, you guys, what is going on? Welcome to The Camera Ads 10 Pounds. That's right. I'm your host, Peter Sears. Hello. Welcome. If you're new, welcome. Where have you been? I've been doing this for like three years. Um, if you're returning, welcome back. Uh, before we start, as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. Performa.com is one of my favorite companies, not only because they work with me, but because I love them before I worked with them. Um, they have all of your fitness accessory needs. So if you like workout towels, shaker cups, meal prep bags, meal prep containers, uh, pill containers, uh, fucking wrist straps, wrist straps. They have all kinds of stuff. They can even customize it. I've got a shaker cup with my own logo on it. What, dude? That's right. So anyway, um, and also Performa, they are kind enough to be one of the sponsors of my current tour. So I, I owe them so much. They are great. I love them. Like I said, I was a fan of them before we had a working relationship. So do yourselves a favor. If you have a fitness lover, go to performer.com, get him something. You know, if it's their birthday or Christmas, I guess is not coming up, but just buy him something. Be like, hey, bud, here you go. Um, go to performer.com, enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds. You will save 15% off of your order. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. That's right, Bucked Up. This is supposed to be a health and fitness themed podcast. Sometimes we veer away, uh, but Bucked Up, they have so many supplements that I can't even, I, I don't take all of them, but the ones I do take, like Rut, for example, for guys like me, you know, I'm at a certain age where my testosterone might be dropping a little bit if I don't do things to combat that. So Rut is a great supplement to help fight that. So if you guys are you know, at that age where testosterone might become an issue, it's natural. You're not going to get pimples on your back or fucking want to kill people. I mean, I want to kill people, but it's not because of my hormones at all. But anyway, uh, it helps. I take their pre-workouts, their intra-workout, their post-workout, creatine, arginine, you know, glutamine, they have all those things. So go to buckedup.com, enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the number 10 and the word pounds. You will save 20% off your order. Yep. And also this podcast is brought to you by a new group of people. Warstick, you guys. What? Warstick. That's Warstick. W-A-R-S-T-I-C, not K. There's just a C. They make baseball bats. Uh, baseball gloves. There's a company that I love. Like I, I got a tour of the facility when I was in Dallas a couple months ago. It was like I felt like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, like getting a tour from Willy Wonka, dude. It was the coolest thing. Um, so anyway, go to Warstick.com and check check out what they got. They got some great stuff. It's a company owned by uh, started by uh, Ian Kinsler, former Major League Baseball player, and also uh, Jack White, famously of the White Stripes. Um, So anyway, go to warstick.com, enter the promo code WSN15SIRS, that's my last name, and you will save 15% off your order. You know how I do it. I like to play music for you guys. This is one of my new workouts. It's not a new workout song, but it's something that I love. So... This is by the artist Kaylani. She's a singer. I guess she's kind of like an R&B singer. 
she's on a couple Eminem songs, and she did a lot of guest songs, but she's got her own songs too, and I, I love her style, and also, uh, she's hot as fuck, but wait till the beat drops, you'll see why I'd like to work out to this song, ready? Uh. I'm fucked up. What? What? I'm black and blue. Oh, yeah, Kate Sing that shit. Sing that I shit. What? Blue. Uh. So I got secrets. <laughs> all right, all right. Nobody, 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 nobody So since this is the Health and Fitness Podcast, you guys know I like to share uh, cool songs that I put on my workout playlist. So maybe you guys can listen to while you are running or lifting weights like me or whatever. I'm very excited, you guys. We have a guest. Finally, um, my schedule has been all over the place. So, you know, I've been trying to get people locked in. But with my schedule, it's hard. Uh, This young lady, I have... uh, you know, we actually have not met in person, but we connected on the internet, as you, as you guys will learn. Um, she's a comic uh, from Kentucky, but out of Atlanta. She's touring the country, and um, she has a new album coming out, which we talk about a little bit in the interview, um, called Salt Daddy. It's actually out now on Apple Music right now exclusively. So if you don't have an iPhone, um, they're, oh, you, I'm sorry, you can go on Amazon, too. I mean, we talk about it on the podcast, but um, she's really funny you know she's opening up for david spade and dimitri martin and everything and uh, i loved the interview we had some technical difficulties um, and then i had some more technical difficulties because uh, my internet connection sucks so i was uh I've been back and forth with the lovely people at zoom all day and we finally have retrieved the interview so uh, i won't come back at the end of it so you guys uh go ahead and listen um by the way if you like the interview or whatever um you know, maybe some of uh, Catherine's or her name is Catherine Blanford, by the way. Sorry, um, but if you like the interview, you know, rate the podcast, subscribe if you want. Um, and uh, it was great; I loved it. She's awesome. Can't wait for you guys to listen to the interviews. So, post uh, we took care of our technical difficulty issues, and here's the interview, um, ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Blanford. The cloud. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys, uh, you're the miracles <laughs> of the internet and my uh, not being fully prepared like I should have been. Um, I'm proud to bring to you. I'm very excited uh, to talk to this young lady. Um, we connected a while ago, but we've never actually met in person. But um, I've been actually, fun fact, I've been seeing your clips pop up oh, yeah. from uh, Don't Tell. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know if that's you or them, but they're like hilarious. And I mean, I knew... Yeah. You know, any any time like a comic links me with another comic, I'm always like, yeah, sure. Like I, I trust that comic, you know. So I trusted that you were funny and whatnot. But um, anyway, so we connected, and now we're talking because she has a uh, a brand new album that just came out. Uh, came out on Friday. It's called mm-hmm. Salt Daddy. She's also the the host of a podcast called Cheaties, where uh, people call in with their cheating stories. Yep. Yes, um, that's exciting. Um, and she is, I know she's from Kentucky, but she's now uh, fully ingrained in the Atlanta comedy scene. And she's all over the place um, opening for people like Spade and whatnot, right? Dave Spade. I got Dimitri Martin this Saturday. Um, I'm, uh, and then I'm on, you know, a bar show tonight on okay. a Tuesday. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but anyway, uh, without further introduction, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Catherine Blanford. Hello. Thank you. Thank uh, you. So, Thank you. So Catherine, I have actually been talking for the last 20 minutes because uh, I fucked up on my Zoom. So sorry. 
Um, now she's here. So now we got to talk a little bit. Um, okay. So um, first of all, you're, you're from Kentucky. Yeah. And obviously what, what I love is that you, I've never been to, actually I've driven through Kentucky, but I've never been to Kentucky. That's what um, everyone says. That, <laughs> or they have a cousin from Paducah. That, that's it. That's those are the two Kentucky experiences everyone has. Um, and be, but because of that, you really lean into it and you have, I know one of, I don't want to ruin your joke for anyone that ruined that, but you talk about the fact that you're from Kentucky and mm-hmm. You know your parents and whatnot so what was that like because for someone like myself who grew up in LA like I have I don't and, and I don't know what you know about me but my girlfriend is from a small town in Oklahoma so I'm very familiar with the country life yeah and you know trailer parks and people with no teeth and all those things but what's Kentucky like so I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, okay. which is, I mean, it's still, it was a city still, it was, it's the, it's the metro, it's the yeah. booming part of Louisville. I mean, we've got like the Churchill Downs and whatnot else. Uh, uh, and Louisville Slugger, hello. Louisville Slugger, yes. The museum you go to as a field trip in third grade, huge, big deal. Um, I, so, but my parents are both from my mom's from Owensboro, Kentucky. My dad is from Lebanon, Kentucky. Yeah, they spell it Lebanon, but in Kentucky, would they say Lebanon? Lebanon. <laughs> of course. Uh, and like, wait, they're both, they both grew up on tobacco farms. My dad's one of 10 kids, super, super Catholic. So I'll say it's like, and then I went, I went to Catholic school, like one, one school kindergarten through eighth grade, and then all girls Catholic high school. And my brothers went to all boys Catholic high schools, oh, wow. uh, which people were always like, Oh, did you, didn't you hate that? And I, I would never have changed a thing about an all girls Catholic high school. Cause you like, I, you, you wore uniform. If I got a ketchup stain on my uniform Monday, I'm wearing the same shirt until Friday. <laughs> you don't care. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't care what you look like. You don't, you don't have to like play small. So you don't embarrass yourself in front of a guy you like or so forth. So you were, you felt, I felt super free to just be myself and be, you, you almost rewarded the funnier and wackier and goofier you were instead of just being the, the pretty kind of cool one. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually working on a bit now about being raised in in Louisville and just being in this very like Catholic predominantly white community where I I've I've expanded now I'm in Atlanta and I I do comedy and I'm around of people with all these different backgrounds and I'm constantly made fun of because I don't understand any reference any (laughs) cultural reference anyone makes any movie any celebrity any band any lyrics any honestly if, historical event i i just just smile and nod and then one person will catch on and be like you have no idea what i'm talking about i'm like nope i have no <laughs> idea unless it's your standard like beatles and you know very standard like world war ii d-day i, I don't i don't know like we were very very vanilla and i'm now i have a list in my phone of all these documentaries and movies i I have to watch to catch up with everybody else. (laughs) That's very similar. I mean, I grew up Catholic as well, but different because I'm Latino, I'm Mexican. So I feel like our Catholic experience is probably different than 
a white person in middle America's Catholic experience. Um, but also I can say because I grew up Catholic as well, um, I was very involved in like my church and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people probably listening remember me from that, but we loved that there was two, uh, there's two all girls Catholic schools like in yeah. our area. Yeah. And those girls could fucking party, dude. Yes. <laughs> like, like, don't let the, I mean, I mean, stigmas aside, like if the girls from Pomona Catholic or St. Lucie's came to your party, dude, yeah. shit was going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause it was like, I mean, but your parents were also, you're Catholic, you're going to drink, you know, this was yeah. what Catholics do, you know, yeah. it was, I don't know if y'all had, I mean, we also grew up in bourbon country. So hmm. We were high. We, we were in our friend's basement closet while their parents were upstairs and didn't even know that there was 52 kids downstairs. <laughs> and we would drink. You'd have your your water bottle of bourbon, which meant you just stole some of your parents' like Woodford Reserve or Bullet or whatever. Nice, nice bourbon, but in Kentucky it's like water, so everybody has right. it. And you just you pour it into your water bottles and you're chugging that in the in the bathroom I don't even like bourbon now because I'm like I I've puked this up so much in high school I don't want to taste it again but uh yeah we I mean yeah it was a it we we were we were we were drinking every weekend (laughs) by freshman year do you uh did you are you did you make like all of your like your confirmation and all that stuff as well yeah so so I went to catholic school so it was all I mean I had religion class in school like we would have confirmation practice while on Thursday during school you know we had like it was ingrained into our our school life so it wasn't it wasn't like a side thing that I did so I'll say honestly it when growing up in Catholic school you don't it's just like a thing. It's like going to PE or history class. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost feel like it's just whatever. It's an, it's an, it's everybody else is doing it. So I never really, I never really got into it. Got it. <laughs> or so it wasn't, you... the confirmation was just something everybody else did. Like it was, you know, it. it was like, it wasn't like I was doing this side project that all my other friends weren't doing and I had no idea. Right. Um, so it, it just kind of felt like another school assignment so did you because like when I made my confirmation it was with the like the church that I went to but we were like uh what's the word like we had the girls that were also at the catholic school confirm with we were all like in the same program so it wasn't like the catholic school girls had their own program and we you know what I mean like we all so like I made my confirmation with a bunch of those girls that I was talking about oh yeah no it was okay so so we had this weird Louisville's very, it's like a it, Florida Lee is like our, you know, our town symbol too. So we all, our school was connected to your parish. So if you, whatever you confirmed with, you were confirming with your classmates because you belong to that parish. Got so it. you might have one or two kids that you were confirmed with, but you never, you never learned their name because they weren't, they hadn't been going to school with you since you were five years yeah. old. Okay. Yeah. It was very it was real I didn't realize that the I went to college at South Carolina and I was shell-shocked to find out that that girls were going to school with boys in yeah. high school like I, I did I, I thought my way of life was the only way of life <laughs> telling you wow. very sheltered you went to uh uh Gamecocks yeah 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now do you guys call that USC? Yes. We call it USC. And then they go, you, you mean the other, you know, there's another USC. And then I go, we were a college before South or California was a state. Okay. So, oh, okay. So it's that old, yeah. huh? 1801. I love, I love those, like those Eastern colleges, like, uh, just with, you can just feel the history when you get there, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, a like I'm, I was in a fraternity in college, but our fraternity started in like Virginia in like the 1800s and so there's yeah. all this like history and ritual and like I love that because I'm I went to like a, a Cal State so it was like a more modern you know I missed out on like that what you're talking about like the history the, of it all the traditional yeah you you I don't know did y'all have to pledge and wear mm -hmm. your suit and tie to class and uh we didn't have a suit and tie but, but we had pins though we did we did have pins okay and if, and if we didn't wear our pin and a bro caught us and we had to buy him like a six pack. That was like the extent. That was it. You didn't get <laughs> spanked and had a cigarette bud burned on your neck. No. Are you oh, serious? God. Yeah. Maybe you don't miss. <laughs> no. I oh mean, yeah. I remember the, the worst thing that I had to do hazing wise, other than like the six pack thing was, uh, I'm not supposed to give this away, but I don't fucking care. Um, in our ritual, like, uh, when we get initiated, we have to drink from this like magic secret cup, you know, Ew. With, we're blindfolded. We have no idea what we're drinking. And uh, it was, it was pool water and we could Ew. tell it. Yeah. We could tell that it was pool water, but it was supposed to represent. And I don't remember it's so, so long ago what it represented, but that was like the worst that we Ugh. got. I mean, I guess I you, you've drank pool water before if you've ever played in a pool as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, I remember, I mean, Guys still talk about it like it was a traumatic experience, but it, but back, so we would have, we had Greek, um, Greek village yeah. and it was just like two horseshoes full of these mansions where there's just teenagers and kids in their young twenties, just getting shit faced and pretending like they're adults. They have no idea. And, uh, and like the, the guys would talk about like hell week. Did you have hell week the day, the week before I mean, you were we initiated? Did. We did, but like I said, it wasn't, I think that your experience was more oh, traditional, yeah. like old school, you know? Yeah, very much like we can't talk about it. It was so traumatic and they right. walk out or they're shaking. And I mean, later you hear stories and it was essentially like, you know, they would, I don't know. I mean, there was, there was like, there was always violence involved, but you, <laughs> then you have to realize you're like, but this was also just an, an older teenager. This was just also a 19 year old kid bullying a right. 17 year old kid. And he's just pissed off because he had to get on bows and toes and, you know, drink a gallon of ketchup or something like that. It, it, it but they put it under the name of tradition or whatever, but it was just like, yeah. no, 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 this is a cycle of abuse <laughs> is what this is. <laughs> right. Your founding fathers of SAE, didn't say, you know, test this boy, get him on his, get, make him sit on his like uh, elbows and toes and drink ketchup. And then, right. and then we'll know he's worthy of being a SAE <laughs> brethren or whatever. I don't know. Sigma, I just Sigma think Alpha it's so Epsilon. Silly. Yes. We had yeah. SAE at our school as well. Uh, I was a Sigma Nu, but yeah, uh, we, we ended up uh, losing our charter because of, I don't, I don't even remember why it wasn't like, other chapters lost their charter because of like sexual misconduct, but ours yeah. wasn't. Anything. I honestly, oh, I remember now. Uh, 
our fraternity, we had this old house. We had like the nicest house on campus because it was like a mansion that was owned formally by like the person who created the city that our house was in. So it's like this old Victorian style, like the nicest house of all the fraternities, but the inside was kept like shit and whatever. So they were using our dues money to maintain the house and didn't tell us. And then, so then our, like the, the corporate called or whatever, and they were like, Hey, you guys haven't paid your dues. And like, two semesters like yeah you're losing your charter and we were like wait our dues haven't been going to national like this whole time and so then I was I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth because they were misallocating funds obviously so yeah I mean I'm I I was in a sorority too because I'm I laugh because I was part of it but I truly the idea of fraternities and sororities the idea is so is great but everything is when you when everything is executed you have to realize everything is executed by teenagers children or or like yes but children and and (laughs) in in a time of your life where drinking and and you know getting laid and you you have no responsibilities yet like you're not even in the mindset to be running this essential business and it's it just turns it and the, the houses are also hilarious to me like that somebody turned over a giant house for a bunch <laughs> of kids to, to, to sleep in and drink. It's just right. the whole thing. I mean, the fact that they're still, they still exist is wild to me. Cause it's just, it's a, it's a organization. Everybody's going to get in trouble at some yeah. point for it's, something. It's actually interesting because nowadays, I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit older than you, but like, you know, bullying has always been around but now it's like more frowned upon and whatever obviously it's like a huge thing but like like I I know like one of my old clients she was just rushing and like she was like she just could not handle it and it's just like with kids nowadays I'm like how do you go through all that yes (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah process yeah certain like sororities for for sure they're not inclusive and it's like like I I, I can say like okay so the we had a uh Al what 80 no 80 pie I want to say was the name of the sorority but it was like all like they were all hot like of course like banging and if you didn't look a certain way you're not in that sorority Mm -hmm. I'm like, if they still do that, I don't know how I haven't heard of more instances of like shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's, it's somehow they avoided this kind of like woke culture that the rest of us are in and they can still, it's still like mean girl vibes everywhere. Like if you're not connected at some, this point or you don't know somebody and you don't look this certain way, you're not in our club. It's like, it's mean girls club is essentially what it is. Yeah, but you made yeah. it. Yeah, I, mean, I made I mean, it. I was, yeah, I mean, I was, I made it. I did like my sorority, but, you know, I think like year three, I was looking around like, okay, this yeah. is gonna. Well, <laughs> the, the crazy thing for me was that I, I didn't drink in college and I, I still don't drink. So like, yeah. and my fraternity was very like alcohol centered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at some point, like, I remember like the biggest thing for me was like Greek week. And like, I love to compete. Like I played baseball. Like I'm still a huge like competitor. And like, I hated the fact, like I wanted to win. Yeah. And all these guys just wanted to get hammered on campus. And I'm like, guys, like, I want to fucking win this. Like, I don't care about the drinking. Like let's, let's win. And they're just like, no, we're just getting drunk. And I'm just, I hated that, but yeah. 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 
You needed um, to be in an intramural club. Yeah, I should have done. I should have been like in the Latino Student Union or something. Yes, been, probably. But honestly, between you and you and me and everyone else who's listening, um, I was very shy. I mean, I'm I'm not shy anymore, but. I wanted to meet as many girls as possible. And I figured right. Greek life was the best way for me to do that. And yeah. It kind of was. So, you know, it served its purpose. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So you've been doing comedy for how long now? Seven years. I think Seven- I, I used to lie and like just shave <laughs> off a couple years just to make myself sound kind of like a, like a prodigy. Uh-huh. Like it just came to me, right. but uh, I, th- I think I am telling the truth here. <laughs> uh, check the lie detector. Correct. Seven yeah. years. Okay. That's cool. And this is your first album that you just recorded? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was only 30 minutes. The, the way it kind of came about, it was I wasn't necessarily seeking it out. Somebody came out, reached out to me, and I thought about oh. it. And I was like, I, I'm if if anybody's considering, if we have a comic who has never put out an album and they're around this, my experience, like seven-ish years. I would say 30 minutes is the perfect time frame for your first one. Cause I learned a lot. There's a million things I would have done differently, but I'm glad I did it. Cause it's yeah. a, it's a, you don't know till you know, kind of thing. You don't, you right. won't, you learn by doing. Uh, and I'm glad that I only put 30 minutes worth into a, a learning album, Okay, <laughs> but I like it. I do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's good. I'm okay. It's, I'm, I, I, I was telling you when we were, when I was going through my technical difficulties, but like, I love, you know, I think like, as stand-ups, you know, at least for me, like, I, I personally was a fan of stand-up before I started doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if every comic can say that, but I was a fan, and I'm still a fan of stand-up. So I love watching, listening, like, I love stand-up. Like, I'll yeah. have a, sh- I'll, like, on, my, on the weekends, I do my shows, and then I'm back, and I'm probably watching whatever special came out. Like, I'm watching more, com- like, I love comedy. Yeah. Um, so, and like I said, you know, I had been seeing your clips pop up, like, on Don't Tell and whatnot and different things, and I'm like, she's really funny, you know, that's why, and that's why when I saw your, your album, you coming out your album, I'm like, well, let me reach out, see if she wants to come on the podcast, because I, I know, like, I've released a, a couple albums, and I had a special, and like, for me, I wish that I could have put the word out more on my stuff you know yeah um and so if like now I'm just like if I see people that are coming out with stuff if they don't reach out to me I'll reach out to them and be like hey you want to talk about it like even if it gets 10 more listeners like that's 10 more people that will find you and like you because I, I thought you're I think you're hilarious um your style is very uh you're just very likable on stage like and you're very unique I, I think uh, as far as uh-oh she's frozen okay oh, you were frozen okay, am I back uh, yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, I was just saying, like your style, like you're very likable. Um, you. you have a you have a unique voice. Like you, I mean, obviously you you have an accent, and you don't shy. <laughs> you don't, but it it works, dude. Like in some, like for some people, it just works, and for you, it just works. Like it because like you you can you say these things, and like like you actually like I was actually really impressed. Um, you know that like you have a lot of just like like bam tag 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 and that's like it's great but like I feel like sometimes like in the moment people might be laughing and then miss another punchline because you're like spitting out more more and more which is great you know but yeah I just I love your style and so I'm like let me have her on uh you know you talk about your 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 life experiences which is what I love because like for me I always tell people um I write every day yeah and 90% 90% of the shit that I write never sees the light of day. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just that 
exercise, like just like I go to the gym every day, like I work out those muscles every day. And yeah. then maybe, maybe something happens and maybe it develops into something. But for me, it's just a matter of putting in the work. And I mm-hmm. feel that that yields different things. But when, like when I do shows and people are like, oh my God, like, is that story about your girlfriend true? Or what? I'm like, I don't make anything up. Like, obviously I take artistic liberty and make it funnier. Yeah, yeah for sure. But I'm not talented enough to just make things <laughs> up. Do you know what I mean? Like this yeah. shit really happens. And I feel like you're probably, I mean, not that you're not talented enough, but like your circumstances are obviously unique to you because of your background or whatever. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 for a little bit, I was beating myself up because I was like, dude, all I do is talk about myself and my, and I just storytell about my life, you know, and, and you, cause you will watch other comics and they're just, they're so good at one-liners and they're, right. they're talking about topical stuff or political stuff or just, you know, opinions on the state of the world or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. But then I had to realize, I was like, but there's just, there's, there's so many different styles and it's okay to stick to this style you can yeah. just be a storyteller comic and i i've gotten feedback recently because i've had so many clips just get a lot of attention recently that made me feel better about it of people just being like i relate to this i relate to that i relate to this and it made me feel better and be like oh i can just be the storytelling comic that people go to when they want to yep. see a storyteller and then they can go go see some so you know somebody who who makes more political commentary when they want to go see that and you don't have right. to be a like a master at all of it i agree uh yeah yeah I think, and it, I think it's just interesting to me to, to it fuels me like what do i want to write about what do i think is fun apparently it's just me talking about me yeah i mean yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like, like i said i watch everybody and like i i look up to like i mean one of my heroes growing up in comedy and even before I did comedy was like Dane Cook, like one of the yeah. best storytellers. But like in this story, like it, there's all these little funny tidbits. And I was like, yeah. And I, cause I, and, and I, but you remember his story, like, you know, people, and I, I give him props all the time, but like people, you know, he got really big and people always, people want to hate on everyone that gets big. And I don't, I don't think that person's funny and whatever, but it's like, look, Dane Cook, Kevin Hart, you know, even, you know, as controversial as he is, Dave Chappelle, they all have these, Dave Chappelle, they have these stories that you remember, right? Yeah. Like you remember these characters they create, you know, so like I'm remembering your mom and your dad and your boyfriend, you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. people walk away and they remember those stories and then they'll be like, oh my God, you know, this happened and you're reminding me of your joke. Whereas like, if, I feel like if you're a topical, like it's fine to have opinions and whatnot, like that's all great. But like, I feel like people that are like, topical or even like set up punch don't always get I mean, look at Mitch Hedberg right one of the best yeah. joke writers ever people remember his jokes like real comedy fans but like people could tell you about Richard Pryor's stories or Eddie Murphy's yeah. stories or I don't know like so for me it's just like yep same thing like I'm a storyteller that's fine I'm good like yeah and you just own what you have and you don't yeah. have to like sit there and because honestly those comics could be saying the same thing I wish I told more stories. I wish that was my thing. I wish I could right. be better at that. And it's like, at some point, just, just perfect what you like to do. Yeah. You don't have to change something about yourself. And yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. I, I, I always relate it back to when I try and tell myself is an English class class in eighth. No, it was in high school. I remember my teacher would always talk about zooming in 
and she would be like, okay, if you're, if you're telling, if you are writing a story and there's a detail, zoom in on the detail and try and describe one little detail as much yeah. as you can. And then zoom in more and then zoom in more and zoom in more. And I've still apply that when I write Ooh, right that's great. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, so what made you go to Atlanta versus like any other comedy market from that I did I started out here and I is really weird I oh I was in I was at school at South Carolina I was in a sorority and I I was never I didn't grow up a comedy fan I didn't grow up a fan of much I can't stress to you <laughs> a little culture I had in my life uh, like my favorite comics were Kevin Hart and Aziz and Dane Cook which they're phenomenal but they were just the biggest name. Yeah, I didn't right. know. Like my co- favorite comics now are Tig Notaro. I wouldn't. I would never have known who Tig was back then. Oh, okay. Um, but I was. I was in. I was in college. I was in a sorority. There was a fraternity who had these things called Derby Days. Singakai. One of the events was every sorority had to enter in a one of their girls, and they had to do like a pageant contest. It was like you you did like a Q and A, and then there was a talent portion. And I had watched it in years past and these girls would always do like dances or like something kind of sexy or whatever. And they, my sorority entered me and I cannot, I mean, I have a bit about it right now, but I can't dance. There's just, there's nothing, I, I can't be sexy. Like I can't, it would be laughable. So what I did instead is I wrote a sketch like I was Chelsea Handler when she had the show Chelsea lately was out then uh-huh. and you had to do the talent with one of their pledges. So I wrote an opening monologue as Chelsea and I kind of roasted the guys in the fraternity. And then I did a, like the interview portion and my guest was um, the pledge was acting as a uh, Charlie Sheen. Cause he was doing his old winning oh, thing back then. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah. And I, and we won and I, that was my first taste of being like, I think I, I think I just did stand up comedy. I think I, and I was, I was really good at it. Uh, and I loved That's it. Great. So fun. Yeah. And I, so I had this little bug in my head and uh, I took a job. I, I, I was like working in event management. I worked with PGA and then I was down in Orlando working for the magic. And I came up here to a small venue. And in the meantime, I was working. My, I think my dad got me, it was a birthday present or a Christmas present. He got me a stand up comedy class just as a bucket list thing. Cause I had always it was, had been staying in the back of my head. Good and gift, uh, yeah. Gift, and yeah. I just, I did not think I was going to keep doing it. I thought it was just going to be like a little oh, they have graduation class and I'm done. And all my right. old fraternity sorority friends are going to come. And, and then I, I did it and I was hooked. And so I started in Atlanta and I've been doing it here wow. for seven years, but I, I'm like it's still I mean it's a great it's one of the best I would say B-level cities yeah underneath I know LA New York I've been dying hold on I'm taking a picture I'm documenting this smile (laughs) um I haven't been to Atlanta I was supposed to go I'm still I'm gonna come actually um I think in September and try to hop on some shows what I mean I have to hop on at least one show while I'm there but hopefully multiple shows um but I've heard about the scene like uh you know, the, I know you guys have, I mean, I know Laughing Skull, everyone raves about how great of a club it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys have a couple other clubs, right? Like Punchline, right? It's like, yeah. it's like a more urban club, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that would be Atlanta Uptown. Comedy. Yeah. Atlanta oh, Comedy. Uptown. Yeah. Atlanta Comedy Theater, I think is, is more urban. Uptown. Okay. I've never done Uptown. Um, but I think Uptown moved 
locations. Um, but yeah, those are, I would say we have like three major clubs. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I usually work mostly laughing school and punchline, but then also just the, the, the alt scene here is, uh-huh. is rivals the club scene here. Really? I mean, it's like, there's just so, cause Atlanta's so big. And I think there's so much, so many people seeking out different kind of arts and stuff right. that uh there's a lot of support for the alt scene and okay I mean, like those, every, if you those, yeah like if those you, one up guys right they, yeah, yeah 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 joe pettis with one up i mean there's a couple that have started you know a comedy production and they have i mean if you're brewery in atlanta you have a comedy show there at right. least once a month and uh there's tons of that like brewery shows and just different like really cool shows where i whenever people come into town I'm like okay definitely get on skull punchline is usually very standard headline feature host act so it's it's a harder book or just more difficult because you you don't have like the room you gotta be you gotta be somebody exactly yeah or or Uh, go with somebody yeah 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 yeah. but you know i was like you could do skull and then some of these other rooms are like you know it's i mean the clubs are awesome but there's alt scenes that rival it or even better on any given night yeah it's a really cool scene yeah, that's what I've heard. I can't, I, can, I mean, I can't wait to go. I'm supposed to go. So I don't know. Uh, I'm doing this thing this year where I'm a big baseball fan. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm visiting all 30 major league ballparks um, awesome. to see games in, and then I'm doing shows in each city. So I actually had a couple shows in Atlanta, but they have been canceled. So now I have, now I'll be scrambling to figure something out, but I'm just excited because not only have I never been to Truist Park yeah. uh, or experience a scene in Atlanta but uh two of my favorite shows of all time were filmed in Atlanta and to my knowledge there's a little mini like like they left the set there I'm, I was a big Vampire Diaries fan oh oh my god I'm about to blow your mind <laughs> well fucking okay. let's let's go okay. dude <laughs> well there's a comic well two comics now her name is Amber Chandler she's one of the comics I was talking about who started a a, you know a comedy production team and they think they produce 12 shows so not only do you have to hit her up for shows they 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 have phenomenal shows but she is a tour guide for the set of vampire diaries she's she's their golden tour guy like she's that she's runs the company with the people that started it her husband drives the the tour bus she has people she's married people on set there uh she knows she's met some of the actors she has pictures with him like this is your girl oh amber chandler amber chandler hissy fit comedy is their production uh and holly valentine her co-producer is also a tour guide there too thank i will i'm telling you i i can't stress this enough like the eight years that vampire diaries was on and then the six years the originals were on like (laughs) I did not miss an episode. I'm talking like, even if I had a show, I was coming back because I couldn't go to Twitter and see any fucking spoilers. Like I, yeah. I loved the vampire diaries and then the originals and two of my celebrity crushes were on those were on that show. And so like my girlfriend, and I have been together for seven years. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, like, I, I used to have a bit about this. I don't, I, sometimes it'll come out on stage on accident, but like 
everybody has, I, I mean, I think every healthy relationship has like their like celebrity, like your hall pass kind of yeah. thing. Okay. So she allowed me to have like my top five, but, <laughs> but the thing about it, the thing about it is when you live in LA, you actually have a pretty good chance of running into those fucking people. Yeah. You yeah. know, like if you're like, I mean, even, and the same thing probably like in Atlanta, if one of those people were on that show, but like, so I actually got to meet Nina Dobriff. I got to meet Claire Holt, who was my other one. She was on the Vampire Diaries and then she was on the originals. And I text my girl. I'm like, hey, um, I just met Nina right now. So don't wait up for me. Or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, like I, I was just, I loved, I, I even made like a mockumentary about how much I loved the show and thought that I was becoming a vampire. And I'll shit you mm-hmm. not, it's one of my highest, I mean, I didn't really believe I was, it was a mockumentary, but yeah. it, it'll, it, it, go, it goes to show you how stupid people are. If you read the, this is like one of my most like watched videos on YouTube and the comments of people who believe that I believe what I'm talking about is hilarious. Like they're concerned about you. Yeah, they think I really think I'm a vampire or that I'm becoming a vampire. They're like, this guy's fucking stupid. Is he serious? I can't believe this. And I'm like, no, it's a mo- like, it's just funny. So. Yeah, and then you let the people come back in your defense and then then they go back and forth and they're arguing. You're like, this is helping get my video push in the algorithm. Yeah, exactly, so just keep fucking commenting, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Oh my God, now, now I'm excited about going to Atlanta. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't know any of them, but I, I just heard stories from Amber. Clearly it has such a fan following oh, yeah. that the tours are booked out months in advance and they no do shit. tours, I'm pretty sure every day or like five days a week kind of thing. Uh-huh. And, and like I said, she's had, she's had people propose. She's had weddings there. She has officiated right. weddings there. I mean, the, the, the fanhood of the show, I've yeah. never even seen an, an episode. Can I say I used I was working on a bit and I, I, I should bring it back, but I my only my only vampire scent was the Twilight, obviously very basic. Read all the books. Yeah, yeah, okay. Did you have I love, like, I did love you experience? Okay. I, I need to know because I I was like I was in my I was in was I in high school when I was reading them? I had a little bit of depression that it wasn't really a, a reality, it wasn't possible to <laughs> actually turned into vampires yeah and i like started hating the human race and that we were all just humans yep and uh talk about i had to like put it down yeah i had to put it down because i realized i was getting depressed (laughs) that's a real that's the it's and i mean it it's not just for like vampires but also like uh i don't know if you remember like the movie avatar yes but like avatar depression post avatar depression was like a real thing like people really get you know, I don't want to say married, but like fascinated by these, you know, realities that these creators have created. It's like, it's crazy. I mean, like, like I went to New Orleans for the first time last summer and seemed, I, I love vampires, dude. I could talk about vampires all day. <laughs> Everyone knows this. Uh, but like, I read all the like Anne Rice books, right? Mm-hmm. And, but also the originals, which is the Vampire Diaries spinoff, even though they shot it in Atlanta, it takes place in New Orleans. So they used a lot of like stock shots in the show and whatever. So like, I was so excited just to see all these things, but I ended up going on. I, I love, not only do I love vampires, but I love like scary stuff. So yeah. I went, I went on this haunted tour. Um, Cause it's New Orleans. Like you have to go on a haunted tour in New Orleans. Um, yeah. And the girl who was the tour guide 
starts the tour off by by sharing the fact that she is the like party planner for Anne Rice's annual Halloween party. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? And I got so excited because she's like, yeah, you know, Anne Rice leaves me in charge of planning her party. And so I'm like, this is, and she's like, so my tour is a little bit different than everyone else's. Right. And I'm so excited. It was the most boring fucking tour I've ever been on. I, I left my girlfriend and I left the tour and she, what was funny about it was that my girlfriend didn't want to let me leave the tour. She's like, no, I want you to fucking sit through this whole thing to see what you just paid 40 bucks for. And I was like, no, dude, this shit sucks. And so we stayed for like two hours and the tour was only supposed to be two hours, but it was obviously not over yet. And I was like, we have to leave. And so we left, but I was so disappointed because this girl who claimed to be friends with Anne Rice and whatever, someone asked the question, Cause she was going on like about ghost stories and murders and stuff. And so someone asked How her, how was the- that boring? This is when you've been on so many ghost tours that yeah. th- this one is boring to you. Her, Cause because she was more of a, she's apparently she's like a, a local historian. So mm. she was giving us more like history of new Orleans, which is fine, but I yeah. wanted the scary stuff. But what pissed me off was after talking about how she's friends with Anne Rice and this and that, someone asked her about vampires and she's like, well, she's like, I've been in New Orleans a long time. And I honestly can't think of any stories that I know that are associated with vampires. I'm like, bitch, make one up, dude. This is fucking New Orleans. Yeah. 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 Just make one up. We'll believe you, dude. Just fucking make it up. Literally read read from Anne Rice's fucking vampire chronicles. Like just give me something, dude. I was so mad. Adopt a story, you know, apply one of her stories yeah. to to we this haunted mansion been. over here yeah yeah i was so mad but whatever <laughs> that's my that's my story <laughs> uh, 16 hours oh sorry um okay uh i'll get you out of here soon i promise uh because when we started um okay so you uh i can go on and on about vampires all day <laughs> um, i i lo- do you know do you have any real life vampires slash proof do you have you looked of, this up of vampires yeah. no i wish i did oh, I, I i i don't I think like, you know, like Vlad, Vlad the Impaler is like kind of, I think, you know, for like reality purposes, like I think where the story started to like kind of emerge, you know, yeah. um, and he would just kill people by the hundreds and thousands and then just put their heads on a stake and then maybe eat them or not. They were, there was a lot of cannibalism back then. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, and then, you know, but, you know, it's weird how like vampirism and like the Catholic church are kind of intertwined. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, maybe that goes with all the people that believe that, that celebrities are eating baby blood and whatnot. Like, who knows, dude? I don't fucking know. <laughs> maybe there are some vampires out there. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, dude. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Chrissy Teigen is a vampire. We can only yeah. hope. <laughs> um, whatchamacallit. But I just remember like, like, so I was in New Orleans again, like a couple months ago. And uh I was just walking around the French. I was by myself. My girlfriend couldn't come. So I got really high and was walking around the French quarter by myself at night. And just hoping somebody would attack. Yes. Yes. I'm like, I'm like, if there, if ever there was a time for a vampire to fucking take me in, this would be the time, dude. Like, just get me like walking around a dark corner. Did you put a little A1 sauce on yourself? (laughs) No, dude. I was just like, I just, you know, like people talk about with ghosts, right? I, I believe in ghosts. I just don't have any proof of that either. But like, if you open yourself up to the possibility yeah. that it's more likely to happen. So I'm like, I'm fucking, let's go. 
vampires. I'm walking around the French Quarter by myself. I'm stoned as shit. Let's go. Nothing yeah. happened. Damn. So, it's sometimes it's when you ask for it, you don't get it. You know, sure. it's yeah. yeah. It's like people playing the Ouija board. It's not going to happen then. Right. Yeah. You were uh, playing the Ouija board. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So your, your album, like you said, I know you, we talked, I don't know if we talked about this while we were recording or, but you, you know, it's out there, you know, you're proud of it, but also like you, you kind of feel like it could have been better, which I relate to a lot yeah. because I feel like, I mean, as myself, just, I'm just never satisfied. Um, so what, without giving too much away, like, what was it about? You just feel like you, you found tags after the fact and you're like, oh, I could have put that in there. Yeah. I think there was a lot, it was a lot of bits that I continued to work on afterwards that I made better. Um, there's literally one bit in there that it's short, but I completely revamped the bit and it's totally different. And now it's the horse girl bit. Uh-huh. that has gone on the internet like it's gotten a bunch of hits but it's the what the original that's on the album was when I was like very I had just started working on it and I thought I was going to throw it out there see how it went and probably would cut it out of the album but the guy editing it liked it and kept it in there it is so bad like it's actually kind of cool to be like this is where it started and this is where it is now yeah um but yeah so there's a lot of bits that I had made better there's a I I just feel like I had improved a lot as a comic between recording it in December and now it comes out mid-June uh just like getting tighter getting sharper I, I had a lot of like filler words it's just a lot of technical stuff yeah. uh that I that I had in there and I it was it's just a little bit more fluff than yeah. I feel like I would have allowed myself to to let slide okay. but yeah I mean it's I'm I'm happy I did it it was I I do like it it's also like some of my first bits I ever wrote so I I think it's kind of cool to have those finally out somewhere yeah Uh, and it feels good to to have to to like make a time stamp and be like this is the kind of comic I was and have that out there and then to to work on new stuff and like hopefully have another something out next year have a whole hour out and to kind of have a showing of how I've grown and gotten better it's good. I like it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's a li- it's a it's a bit too much visual jokes for an album too. There's like two major visuals that I uh-huh. could tell was like a bunch of people laughing that I as I was listening to I was like oh they're if you just like listen to the album you have no like idea when you're dance doing. when you're dancing and yes, stuff like that the yeah, dancing yeah, yeah. the the acting out disappointed Jesus the the right. romper there's, I, there's but two I, but I it's funny because I've seen those bits yeah on like clips and then so then listening to i'm like oh yeah i know exactly but i see yeah i see what you're saying yeah way too much visual for an audio album yeah but you know what you live you learn yeah the the thing for me is like i mean i'm a you know i'm i'm very aware of like my mental health and stuff like that uh you know comedy for me comes from a dark place i feel like a lot of us you know we work through mm-hmm. our pain and whatnot uh but that being said because i'm a comic i always have like this just like this messed up way of thinking where it's like, what if I died? Right. Heaven yeah. forbid, I die. I like there, that. There's nothing like, and, and I didn't record this album, you know, at this point and this thing, you know, and like, I love having that, like you said, like where I was and where I am. Cause like my first album to where I just recorded my special, like last summer, it's like anyone can see the growth, you yeah. know? And so it's like, I like that. And I think, people should have and I I wish more comics I think comics are afraid to put stuff out because they're they're afraid no one's gonna watch it or listen to it but it's like what if you die dude 
What if you died? Yeah. And, and then people are gonna be like, he was a comic. Can I go back and like, and there's like nothing, there's no record of your stuff. And for me, it's just like, if I died, people can go back and see what I worked on for nine years. Like, yeah, you know what I, mean? I love that. That's I, I, I'm always, I love the, I could die at any point mindset. Yeah. I really do. It sounds yeah, crazy, but it's, it's actually very freeing. And, and motivating and because yeah. you're like well who gives a shit then just just put it put it out there yeah and and then what's the worst that happens you keep moving and put something else out there if you make it beyond that yeah. day I mean I've seen yeah. like you know like 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 a perfect example like Dane Cook right like he had his specials but he also had albums that he was putting out and so some of the stuff that's on the album is on his special and no, no one's gonna be like oh well that was from it's like you know, yeah, like maybe thousands of people have heard my stuff, but it's definitely not millions. So if I have a bit, if I ever get like a big Netflix or whatever, like, yeah, maybe I'll go back and use some of those bits because millions of people haven't seen it. But in the meantime, someone can go back and be like, oh, did you know, same thing with my podcast. Like, you know, I have this podcast and it's like, I just feel like people as, as creators, we just need to put stuff out and not care about if it's perfect, it's right. never going to, it's I mean, never going to be perfect. Right. Like mm-hmm. you can ask any of the greats, like nobody's ever like, yeah, 100%. That was exactly what I, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan and Kobe would, you know, score 50 points and then remember that one shot that he missed and go back to the gym at three o'clock in the morning with his trainer and work on that shot for two hours and then go to sleep or, you know what I mean? Like shit like yeah. that. It's like, yeah, man, that's how the greats fucking become great. You know, you, you, you just put it out there and then you keep, and then you work on the next one, making yeah. that better. Yeah. I love that. Catherine, yeah. um, I'm sorry. I had technical difficulties at the beginning of this. <laughs> oh, um, good. I, I, as someone who has a podcast, 100% get it. Yeah. I had, I, I spent an hour before I recorded a five minute <laughs> intro on my yeah. podcast earlier this morning. I get it. <laughs> Trust yeah, me. sorry. Um, okay, so uh, Salt Daddy is available. Is it mm-hmm. every, everywhere? No, because I don't know if you heard about that lawsuit that's going on. Uh, no. I don't know exactly the terms of it, but they're so essentially like com- music people. There was there's something called a composer fee that if you wrote the song, essentially you you were getting a a, a portion from. Um, I guess sound exchange or whatever else, like if it was on Sirius XM or Spotify or, or Pandora, comedy albums were not giving right. the yeah, composer fee composer fee to the comic because the, the person that writes the material. So there's a lawsuit, and so at the moment, all comedy has been taken off of. I believe most comedy has been taken off of Pandora, Spotify, and a lot of Sirius XM. So really? right now, mine is available on iTunes. The major ones are iTunes and Amazon. There's a couple okay. more smaller yeah, players, smaller but ones. those are the main guys. Yeah. So is my comedy not on Spotify? Is that what you're saying? Maybe, <laughs> maybe yours is. I honestly don't know. I, I could be talking out of my my behind. Some of them, maybe. I do, maybe it's like the new ones, like ones that have been released. I mean, I know, I know for I know for a while that uh, like uh, uh, mine are still on. Yeah, um, there you go. But, but I know that there was like a for a, a second there, like not too long ago, like comics were saying that their stuff got pulled off of, you know, Spotify or wherever for different reasons. Yeah. Um, 
I don't my, that didn't happen to me. Well, Maybe I'm not, I, I know, I'm not I know it's serious XM, like a, a lot of the labels right now, if, if, if they, uh, you know, you signed and you recorded your album with a label and it hadn't gone out before this lawsuit, it cannot be released until after the lawsuit is settled up. So maybe albums that weren't released. Okay, maybe. Uh, well, I also so, don't know very many of the specifics, but <laughs> so, but your, yours is definitely on Apple on Apple Music, yes. right? And Amazon and some yes. other smaller ones, like you said. Yes. Um, and then there's there's not video, right? Uh, it'll be a YouTube. I'm putting on YouTube in August. Okay, perfect. August seventeenth. So oh, mm-hmm. perfect. There you go. Um, and then your podcast is called Heaties. Cheaties. Like Wheaties with a CH. I I don't know why I said that. Cheaties, because it's about cheaters. Um, And that's available everywhere. Podcasts can be found. Yep. Yeah, on all of them. Um, And then you're all over the country touring. Um, Perfect. Okay. Hopefully, uh, when I finally figure out when I'm going to go to Atlanta, we can... Yeah, meet message me, hit me up, and I'll, yeah. I'll I'll get you on. I'll send you all the good show contacts, and uh, I'll get you hooked up with, with my Vampire Diaries. Oh, dude, I, the, don't <laughs> like I, I. For lack of better terms, do not cock tease me about this. I promise you, I'm not. A, like this, I'm, I'll send you her 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 Instagram <laughs> right now. You'll see. I'm, I'm more excited about that than I am about going to the ballpark, which is not supposed to be what the tour is at all. <laughs> um so uh, dude thank you so much for doing this thank you for your patience uh I, i'm a fan of your comedy now and yeah likewise um, thank you so much so uh yeah so catherine and, and you're on all the socials catherine yes. blanford easy to yeah. find yeah it's so my handle is it's catherine blanford because somebody is catherine blanford out there what i know it's um I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so i'll make cool. it easy for people to find you okay thank you so much and thank just hang you. on for, hang on for one second cool uh and bam. oh wait a minute maybe not can you hear me yeah okay um i'm gonna try to get this out what's today tuesday uh yeah i'm gonna try to get it out by tomorrow but if not it'll be up thursday uh by the latest cool uh Post and, about then, it. and then uh if you have like a, a like a headshot or something you want me to use just send it to me and then i'll use that for cool And help you know i just like like i said every time i release something i never thought about like reaching out to people so now every time i see someone coming out with something i'm like hey come on my thing you know yeah i appreciate it yeah i'll send you the little album cover okay perfect that works thank you so much it was thank a you. pleasure you're awesome um you and, uh, we'll talk soon all right yeah seriously reach out to me when you know your dates and i'll okay. I'll, I'll get you on some shit definitely thank all you right, cool thanks all right. <laughs> bye